The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Can we get this theme song in a minor key, by any chance? Fuck this shit, eh? Yeah, it's one of those. It's one of those moods. So this is the offspin, brought to you by Coffee Supreme, and it's still dark outside. We're recording this about twenty minutes after the end of the greatest game of the greatest sport of all time. Unfortunately, New Zealand was just on the losing side of it. Did we lose the game? Because it seemed like it was tied and then it was tied again and then there was just some rule about who wins the World Cup. Stupid rule as well. It should have been been how many, who took the most wickets or something. It should have been who took the most wickets. But also, it just, we didn't lose the game. I mean, it's a funny thing to be like, well, it was a total draw. Like, once you draw the super over, what kind of a game, yeah, what's happened? So as you can see, we've got Samuel Flynn Scott Mm. in studio with us, who has been up all night with us as well well not with us but in spirit he's been with us and right now he's in the denial stage of I'm grief full I denial no it's great i think we won the world cup and the rules lost the, the world the, the rules have lost <laughs> what a crazy cool game though like oh, amazing, i'm, I'm amazing. fucking wrecked i'm so destroyed i am a desert of emotion i just don't even know who i am anymore but what an amazing game of sport yeah Wow. That was just crazy ridiculous. One of those games where you could look at probably about 20 different moments in it and say that was the winning or the losing moment of the game. You know, you could look at, uh, you know, Trent Bolt stepping on the boundary line when he had Stokes caught. You could look at the ball hitting the bat. Did anyone even know that rule existed? I th- I, now? I totally thought it was a dead four. ball because I've, I've seen that before and the players don't run but I didn't realize that was just a courtesy thing. Yeah, gentleman's game. Eh? Had, had that not reached the boundary it would have only been a two. Yeah, yeah. amazing. Yeah, there's that uh there was you know and I mean and there were plenty of points where I thought oh that's the black caps have won now because of that moment. Well exactly, yeah. Uh the the Saudi catch would be one, the Ferguson catch would the be Ferguson another one. Ferguson catch was potentially the greatest catch of the World Cup, I think. It Insane was insane catch. Unbelievable. People don't understand how hard it is to run forward and dive because if you miss it it's going to knock your teeth out. Like that was insanely brave. And he's got a beautiful smile. And it was such a cool celebration as well to just kind of wait for the moment to wash over him a little bit and then then, say, yeah, 
He just p- yep. poked his finger in the air. He gave He's it out. out. He's out. And he was absolutely... I mean, one of the great things about um, about what we saw in this game, I think, just to take those two moments out of it again, you wouldn't see that many teams in professional sport, not even talking about cricket really, but you wouldn't see that many teams in professional sport that you could actually rely on their word to say, yep, I got that, that was a clean catch, or nah, actually, I stepped on the boundary rope. Yep, that's true. Fuck, that's a bleak silver lining, sorry. Yeah. Oh, man. It's all, <laughs> it's all pretty fucking bleak at the moment. Like, <laughs> I feel like I've been awake for five weeks, yeah. and, and yeah. now I've got a long day of work ahead of me as well. Yeah. It's quite an amazing time for the Black Caps, though, I think, because we've, we've been batting pretty badly. We've found ways to win. We've found a way to scrap into the final. We found a way to scrap to what, you know, was so close to being winning the World Cup, albeit, you know, just a couple of very random things. And then you kind of look at it and go, well, our batting's been really bad. If mm. we can get some good, good young batting talent into the side, we've got an amazing bowling um, attack that's like still quite young really yeah. a lot of it yeah so it's an, it's an exciting time for the black caps and it is really i mean i think if they hadn't got to the final we would have all just been like yeah of course they didn't get to the final they've been mm. unable mm. to score any runs at the top of the top of the innings and probably once they did get to the final as well i, I reckon there would have been a lot of people thinking you know, this is probably England's to lose. And then after the first innings where I know there's all this conjecture about what's a pass score and all of that, but, you know, that's all academic. I think most people after that innings would have thought, it's still England's to lose. And then when Butler and Stokes were batting and putting on a a monumental partnership, you'd still probably have said, well, this is still England's to lose. So the fact Mm. that it got taken right to the end like that I just felt like we were winning the whole game. Yeah, but you always do. I just felt so good. I was so sure. It just felt like our moment, like everything everything was coming together and then it all started to fall apart. Yeah, I felt the same and I actually don't usually feel the same. I felt like we kind of had it under control and I even felt that way about the way Martin Guptill batted, even though he only got, what, 19 or something. He just still seemed like there was something a little bit back in his spirit that was... Mm, you know, there were a few shots that were imperious. Yeah, say. yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, this is this is going all right. And every time we lost a wicket, I sort of thought, well, it's, we're not falling apart with mm, this wicket. Mm. Well, can we talk about then the things that happened in this game from the Black Caps? Because you know, like I said, it literally could not have been closer. So, can we talk <laughs> about some of the things that the Black Caps did that were actually incredibly good cricket? Well, we bowled so well from the first ball like that should have been given out <laughs> technically according to the rules of lbw that hit him in line after pitching in line and was going to carry on to hit the stumps like what why do we even bother with umpires anymore oh mm. come on come on i mean it, uh, the umpire's cool so, you know it's, it's the same the, rules for everyone i understand that it's the same rules for everyone but it's not at the same time it's not the rules of cricket Mm. Darmasena does uh, there wasn't Darmasena that was um, Erasmus but Darmasena does seem to be pretty bad at being an umpire (laughs) now it wasn't like things were necessarily going against us and I wasn't like going oh my god you know this guy's killing us but it was just sort of like a lot of things that they would go upstairs for where it was 
clearly no reason to do so and yeah there just seemed to be a lack of confidence and maybe there was pressure on the umpires as well a oh, huge pressure huge pressure and, and you know it's it's very easy to uh to say you know why didn't we have a review for the ross taylor lbw or why was that given out in the first place but this shouldn't have been given out i guess if well, you've got a machine that shows you that it's not out we'd right. use the review you know Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, well, you're right. Bad, bad, I wanted to talk about the right. bad okay, okay. Can I talk about one good thing out of uh, this game and out of this World Cup? You know, for this whole, uh, pretty much for his whole career, I've been laboring under the misapprehension that Colin de Gronholm is not a very good cricketer. Mm. And somehow, over the course of the World Cup, he had the best economy rate out of any bowler. And he sent down, what was it? Uh, 10 overs, 1 for 25 today or something, in a World Cup final, uh, bowling against some pretty phenomenally talented batsmen uh, who could have just worked him around but just couldn't get him away, couldn't hit him off the square. I mean, who could have seen that coming? There was a point, I think, with uh, maybe it was when Morgan got out to Nisham's bowling, when Michael Clark said... When you've got to go, I think at this point you've got to go back to your number one strike molar and that's Colin de Gronholm. It's <laughs> <laughs> the worst Australian accent I've ever done in my and, life. No, no, but what, and then he said, you got to go to Colin de Gronholm. He's my favourite Colin of all time. <laughs> He's my like, favourite Colin. Like, what the fuck are you talking about, Michael Clark? <laughs> hey, I reckon Michael Clark uh, is hands down the worst commentator of the World Cup. Ooh. Well, but he was so, like, just... Un, he was just unashamedly supporting New Zealand. So I was like, I've always hated you, and now I'm kind of falling in love with you. No, he was bad. He was I, really, really bad. I do think Australian cricket commentary has become fundamentally broken uh, in recent seasons. You know, we, we well, it was of, so the you know, it was in its prime in the eighties. It was amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Benno, Greg, Laurie, et cetera, et cetera. You know, they you know they were really good commentators, but I feel like with the advent of big bash cricket, especially. Uh, there's a lot more inane chatter mm. that just happens from Australian commentators. Which I just hate the, um, you know, back when we were tearing India in 2001, when, you know, we were reaming together, and it's just this, I don't give a fuck. Like, mm. just tell me something about the game. Michael Clark is the worst, the worst of all of them. Yeah, I think uh, there was a lot of conjecture in the spin-off offices, uh, which we've, we've been pulling a, an all-nighter vigil uh, here, and there was a lot of conjecture about Michael Clark being given the first ball uh, of the first ball of the game to commentate. But in fairness, he is the most recent World Cup winning captain, and he was sitting mm. there with Brendan. But let's move on from Michael Clark. Fuck Michael Clark. <laughs> um, but Colin de Gronholm, amazing figures. I mean, you know, that could have been the winning of that game for us, really. Yeah. yeah. What a- they, he was unplayable. Yeah, yeah, and similarly as well, I think um, the bowling of Jimmy Neesham will give cricketers everywhere hope that they can bowl the most filthy half-tracker, like, messy deliveries. Short and wide. And they might still get wickets. Mm. And and that is something that is going to sustain a lot of park cricketers over the coming season, I think. The the two of them reminded me of me a lot. (laughs) <laughs> like when I see Jimmy Neesham and Colin de Grondholm run in and sort of throw it down at 125 and get a little bit of hoop, 
Mm. I feel like maybe I could still play for the Black Caps. Yeah. It's probably unlikely, but it's still a chance. It's a chance. It's a chance. So one thing that uh, that jumped out at me is, is sort of emblematic of the first innings, though, uh, was... The quite incredible moment where off the last ball of the innings, Mitchell Santner ducked out of the way of a slower bounce, (laughs) which um, is sort of, it it felt like it summed up an innings in which when you compare it to how uh, Roy and Bairstow were going about how they were building their innings, uh, they were playing a lot of shots with quite serious intent behind them. And yeah, they they got themselves out and they didn't last the whole innings or anything like that. But there was just maybe a little bit too much nerdling and nudging and leaving from the Black Caps and not enough just smacking the ball and, and hoping for the best. I feel like Santner ducking the final delivery of the innings really symbolised the way that the Black Caps ended up stamping their own new brand of cricket on this World Cup that was meant to see 350s and 400s. Ultra defensive cricket at all times. And yeah, just like come out and look at the deck and go, oh yeah, meant to be a 350 deck, I reckon it's a 240. Mm. And just, they got to 240, so Mitch knew it got to the par score. It was exactly par in the end and uh, he didn't feel like he needed another run. Maybe if he hadn't ducked the last ball and got another run, we would have won. So close. Um, that was the most fucking crazy ride. Oh my god. The other, the other thing. I'm going to insist on talking positively about cricket because it's it's kind of going to be a bit of a coping mechanism for me over the next twenty minutes or so. But the other, so thing, we've got twenty minutes to keep thinking about cricket, and then, well, I don't know about you. I need a break from cricket. I'm cricketed out. I've given my whole brain, my whole heart to cricket, and I'm not talking like. Months. I just need maybe a couple of days. <laughs> I think I need more than that. I reckon Simon, I need you've, about. You've taken this very hard, uh, and uh, I can understand why this is such a. I was this close to getting my first tattoo, you know. Yeah, I think you should still get the tattoo. Maybe. Oh, I don't know. I if think you it's can, a real. I think you can. I think you can say, look, we they the boys played so well. They deserve that tattoo. It was an amazing game. It's a really cool logo. It's worth remembering that World Cup. That clear, I, I, that clear logo has taken on a little bit of more symbolism now as well. So it's such a beautiful sort of connecting. Like I, mm. I feel like it connects me to the players in London. Like, does what a good telco would do. Yeah, <laughs> it truly does. And it represents how you know the television stream didn't uh, fuck out like it would have. You know when we were children watching cricket. So that's, mm. you know, it's mm. wonderful to think of the te- technology. And and to know that you can <laughs> you can come so far as a company like Claire does, you know, reach the heights of telecommunications and then fall. It existed for 15 years. And then collapse. Hey, no, they were clear. And crumble back to earth like we've done just today. And just like Claire, I feel like I don't even exist anymore. But it's a, I mean... If I can say something else sort of positive and also sort of still another bummer, um, just comparing that final to the final of the last World Cup, I mean, for one thing, we've been in two World Cup finals in a row. That's pretty freaking amazing. And that last World Cup final, you just felt like we were going to lose, you know, the from entire the fifth, game. From the fifth mm. ball. From the fifth ball. Mm. It was just all, and it was just all kind of a boring, 
you know, trudge to the inevitable defeat. But, you know, I still felt like we could win today, even after it was all over and they said it was all over. I just thought maybe Sangakara is going to be, no, nah, I'm the head of the MCC now. I'm in charge of the <laughs> yeah. rules of cricket. That yeah. rule sucks. If it hits the bat, it's a dead ball. Yeah, or just New say, win. like, just do another super over. You know, that one was a lot of fun. Let's just do another one. I do can't think one. of a better game of sport that I've watched ever. It was an amazing game of sport. I mean, I, if I was to compare it to something, it would maybe be last year's AFL final where Collingwood lost after leading for literally the entire game. They lost the lead in the last, I think, two minutes. But, I mean, that was a completely different sort of narrative. This one swung back and forth so much, uh, so much that you just... Nadal, Federer, Australian Open, when they both sort of disappeared for a while. Oh, Federer, and... Djokovic uh, this morning. I don't even know who, who won, won that I don't game. know who won. We were, like, sort of jo- following it for fucking a Fucking Djokovic won oh, as well. Oh, my God. It's heartbreak city around here, man. On marching on. Mm. 12, so Djokovic won in a tiebreaker in the fifth set, which I didn't even know existed at Wimbledon, but if you get to 12 all or 13 all or something in the fifth set. So crazy, crazy wow. game of sports going on at the same time and both the good guys lost. Mm. Both in, in London I don't well. think Djokovic is necessarily a bad guy, is he? No, he's a scumbag. Yeah, he? yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, they're, I don't, I don't want to edit this podcast, so I'm oh, not going to say anything yeah, defamatory. Yeah. But, you know, Google it. Yeah. Um... Yeah, that's a lot to take in. I tell you what, though, like cricket is the sport that gives you games that are that intense and topsy turvy, and just you know leave you feeling completely drained at the end. It, it always is, and it's the, it's actually fifty over cricket as well. It's just yeah, such a good yeah. format. Uh, uh, tests are, will always be the ultimate. T twenties, they're you know great fun. They make heaps of money. That's all good. But 50 over cricket is really the one that's going to give you a heart attack and send you to an early grave. And well, I think we've got to appreciate that. It was something that Simon Day said on the very first podcast that we did, that the the 50 over game was the most, I can't remember how you worded it, but something like the most narratively satisfying. Or It's just special. It's like you can, you can squeeze a lot into a single day out. I mean, I, I think... One thing to keep in mind as well, obviously people get inspired by wins and all of that, but how many how many cricket fans around New Zealand, and I'm thinking it'll be in the hundreds of thousands, uh, have stayed up all night and will remember this cricketing experience forever. You know, mm. they will always remember the time they stayed up all night to watch the greatest game of cricket of all time. And that's something that's that's pretty powerful, I think. Personally, though, I worry. You know, I, I I think it's going to have a negative effect on a lot of people and you're going to end up with a lot more people like me. Um, broken, despairing. We're just like spending a large chunk of, you know, you saw we had we had maybe 20 different New Zealand uh, original shirts from somewhere between 1991 mm. and 1999 today. I've spent thousands of dollars on cricket memorabilia off Trade Me. <laughs> For for what reason I'm I'm not sure. It seems to bring me a lot of pleasure most of the time, but I'm not it's, sure if I'm happy right now. It's or if... made us look really good on the podcast, uh, like when we're recording in our in our replica shirt. When we had when we had you six... guys look amazing. I haven't Thank bothered you. to put the shirt on this morning because I was feeling too sad and I feel stupid now. 
because you guys really look like knights of the cricket table. But you should have seen when all 16 of us were wearing them and... It's pretty glorious. Do you think in uh, 26 years' time or whatever it is, 28 years' time, there's going to be a a little young Simon who's going to be... Say, oh look! I saw New Zealand lose. I stayed up with my with my parents until six a.m. It was a school holiday, so I could stay up, and it was the most amazing thing. And now I've just spent thousands of dollars on <laughs> <laughs> cricket holograms and on buying the souls of the dead black caps mm. to watch the twenty forty seven cricket world cup. I wonder if I'll be able to watch that replay. I'm not sure. Oh, I won't. Absolutely not. Okay, here's a question on the shirts, though. Uh, Out of all of the names that you could have on the back of the replica shirt from this tournament, whose name would it be? That's a big question. Do you know who I'd go? And I just, I've come to love him as a, uh, just as a human. And I wasn't his hugest fan before the tournament. Thought he was very lucky to be here, to be honest. But I have grown to adore Jimmy Neesham. Oh. Mm. And I know he had his Twitter personality and he was a good laugh before and stuff. But I don't know. There's something about his competitive nature at the same time as having heaps of fun, being really grateful for the fact he's there. Um, and it's just, it's a good, he's a good, it appears to be a good time. When he hit that sixth. Yeah. That was and fucking the, awesome. But then he didn't Super hit a four. Yeah, but he ran twos. Yeah. You know, he, uh, so mean, fucking close. It's one <laughs> bad throw. <laughs> I think I, I would probably agree with that, to be honest. I, I, I was going to say Nisham as well, but that feels a bit boring. Oh. Well, you I could go Bundell or something think, and go really obscure. I don't get think one... Jimmy Nisham is boring. I just think I think that's fine. I think Jimmy is a, the hero of this World Cup is, is quite cute. I think as well, like, uh, and this is going to sound like kind of trite, but I, I feel like Jimmy Neesham is the cricketer that most people aspire to be. You know, most people want to be the sort of cricketer who might chip in at any time of the game, who, uh, you know, might be the one who gets thrown in that really high-pressure situation and just has to somehow deliver. Um, but you can sort of, uh, you know, at, at no matter what level of cricket you're playing, you can sort of imagine yourself on the day potentially being the hero in the way that Jimmy Neesham often seems to find himself as. You, when you're yeah. playing cricket by yourself, you know, in the hallway, <laughs> and when you sort of bowl and imagine that the walls hit a run and you field it yourself and then you run someone out, that's kind of what Jimmy Neesham does. It's yeah. a little bit of everything really well. Yeah. A bit of a Jacob Orham, perhaps? Yeah, like a skinny, shorter Jacob Orham. Um. Who do you think the player of the tournament is? If you just if you think about all the teams, well, fantasy cricket would say Shakib Al Hassan. Yeah, but I he don't what, know because he I, was quite delightful to watch. He absolutely and phenomenal cricketer. But it's kind of like how they never really give man of the match to the the losing team, even yeah. if someone's played a blinder. And I think because Bangladesh didn't really come that close to qualifying, it kind of can't be him for that reason. No. I think that it can't be anyone from the England team because I think there's no one that really stands out, which is kind of a sign of, of how <laughs> so good a team. They didn't actually win. Ben. They didn't actually win. But what? That's such. A, you know, they're obviously such a good team that mm. you know. Ben Stokes stands out to me. He did a he did a couple of amazing things. Well, he was he was pretty amazing to t- tonight. Those, last those two night, slog sweeps that changed the game were um, incredible. 
And I mean, amazing, perfectly timed um, drive along the ground to get overthrows for four. Yeah. To, you know, he, middled, was, he middled that. It was amazing. He, he absolutely middled that into the boundary for overthrow. And fours. like he smashed it with his eyes closed. We should be very clear that we're not accusing him of being a cheater or anything like that. But he, he is smashed a, it. He is a traitor, though, and I do hope that um, he's never allowed back into New Zealand. Oh, no, but you see, no, no, New Zealand did win because, as we all know, that when Ben Stokes is doing well, he's Christchurch-born Ben Stokes, New Zealand-born Ben Stokes, mm. and when he's doing badly, he's, you know, bad boy English cricketer getting into pub fights. Without wanting to sound petty, I, like, furiously reject Ben Stokes now. Ooh. Ben Stokes. What, because of the pub fight? No, because he won the game today. Oh, <laughs> Fuck Ben Stokes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Good. I'm re- I'm like I am I am honestly so tired and emotional yet emotionless. I feel completely drained and exhausted, and I don't know if I've ever been up so high to just be dropped so low. To see, you know, there was seven, eight people left in the office by the time that last ball was bowled. To just watch as everyone sort of. Took off their jerseys, took off their New Zealand shirts, yeah, laid them on my desk, and just kind of walked out without even saying goodbye. It was a real emblem of how we all felt. So, um, Supreme Coffee is delicious. Yes. Uh, yep. <laughs> no, God, I'm glad you're here. I don't know what to say to that. I mean, but, I think I think you're right though because that. That deflating feeling, it's going to last for a couple of days, couple of for, days. for people who have experienced this, I think. It's I've already gonna... started ignoring uh, phone calls. Oh, yeah, I've got a couple of texts built up. People on. are calling me to probably like commiserate with me, but I just can't handle it yet. Well, I think they'll, they'll know how you're taking it. I think your emotional commitment to the game is, is something to be proud of, and I don't think anyone's going to be using the word cunt or um, saying fuck Ben Stokes on the Radio New Zealand Cricket Podcast. And, you know, for that, I think you guys should feel proud. Of, <laughs> I've enjoyed listening to the podcast over the last few weeks. Well, no, and I'm proud of the podcast too. I'm, I'm really glad we did it. Um, it was sort of on a whim, and much love to Coffee Supreme for coming through and making it happen. Uh, I would not have survived without their supply of mm. delicious grind, nor would we have been allowed to do it um, without their sponsorship. So thank you. We did some cool things. Yeah, if if I, uh, I can just talk for a little bit about this generally. Uh, for me, doing the podcast has given this whole tournament a context, which it wouldn't otherwise have necessarily had. I mean, I would have watched a lot of the games and got up early in some of them, but I wouldn't have been... Uh, you know, so avidly consuming every single thing about this whole, you know, this whole thing. And for that, definitely have to thank Coffee Supreme for that. But I would also just like to really put him on the spot here and really sincerely thank Simon Day oh, uh, for everything he's done for the... I just want to go through some of the uh, the things because, I, you know, I do a lot of talking on this podcast, but behind the scenes... <laughs> Simon Day has set up some incredible interviews, uh, some really awesome guests who have really interesting stories to tell. And the sorts of people who uh, who live and breathe cricket, but also have a life outside of cricket as well. 
and who can bring that whole life experience to what they then came onto the podcast to talk about. And if I think about it, uh, you know, doing this podcast the way that Simon has made it happen, it's the podcast that I really would have wanted to listen to. So I just want to say it's been, uh, you know, if there has to be a man of the tournament or anything like that, it's (laughs) Simon fucking day. Oh, thanks, Alex. I really appreciate it. It was really fun. We did speak to some really cool people and I think it showed the the great humanity of cricket and it's... um, its influence on such a vast array of people and cultures and, and countries and had a really good time. Hopefully we can keep it going. Maybe do it once a month and pick up the frequency during the um, the summer. Well, yeah, we've got to get hype because there's a bilateral test series against Sri Lanka coming uh-huh. up. Oh, yeah. Sri Lanka, we haven't played Sri Lanka for ages. Yeah, not, well, we haven't played a test series in Sri Lanka, I think think and correct me if i'm wrong but i think since taylor was stripped of the captaincy yeah after winning after winning a pretty amazing game it was a good game look black cap fans <laughs> i gotta say black cap fans are actually quite incredibly dedicated in a way that i don't think all blacks fans necessarily are because we love the story and we love the kind of you know once we get over a loss we sort of love the story of that loss mm. and um Oh, the, the story of this loss, it's going to be told for a hundred years. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's perfect. The perfect tournament, uh, the perfect game of cricket, and in some ways the perfect ending because now there's still that final hurdle to strive for. Mm. It's very on brand that we lost like that. Yeah. Yeah. It like really fit. robbed. It- Fucking <laughs> robbed. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're gonna we're gonna descend into bitterness here. So I think we should wrap it up there and say if you've been listening to us over the course of this podcast, we so appreciate you taking a punt on us. We so appreciate you telling people about the podcast. And if we can keep it going, we would really, really, really love to have you back again. So thank you to everyone who has listened thank you to all of our guests as well thank you to Alice and Tina uh, for producing us uh, thanks to Sam Flynn Scott for coming in today oh and Pink Cola gotta thank me for that and for Pink Cola it's perfect to have you back in as well actually and once again thank you so much to Simon Day and drink heaps of coffee supreme it's genuinely not even because they've sponsored the podcast genuinely the best coffee in New Zealand it's delicious I drink it every day while checking cricket info <laughs> um, that has been the offspin for the Cricket World Cup we'll try and do a we'll try and pin down a black cap for a um, post-tournament analysis but oh, in sure. case we'll do one more bonus in case we can't in case we can't thank you for joining us it's been heaps of fun I love you all I'm so fucking sad <laughs> Good night. Go get some sleep. I have to do a full day's work. Roll pink cola. Kia ora e te iwi. Kiai he Butler here, podcast manager at the Spinoff. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spinoff member at thespinoff.co.nz/donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.